They know, they know, they know. They know, they know, they know. Yeah, they know. <laughs> ah, well, that, of course, is our great singer-songwriter, Drake. And if it's, if it's what I think about everybody else in line, as I pile together a random assortment of canned goods, seasonal candies, and hardware items at the Rite Aid to try and mask the brightly colored but embarrassing personal treatment item, then this must be their radio. <laughs> and uh, I, of course, am your host, Dale Siever, and uh, we're bringing another episode of Some Things I Enjoy, coming to you, as always, from the foul banks of the Gowanus, and uh, it's exciting to be here. Hello to all of you listening at home or overseas. Uh, we appreciate your service. And, uh, and to, to you, the brave and, might I say, good-looking souls who have come out here uh, to the world-famous uh, Brooklyn Lyceum, former public bathhouse number seven, uh, with its unparalleled views of 4th Avenue. And, uh, Fortunately, uh, there's some holiday displays that are masking a little bit of the, of the great scene that's happening out there. It's a beautiful night tonight, a little bit mysterious, isn't it? A little fog rolling in, a little ham in the Bastardville for us here at the, at the Gowanus. But uh, we've, uh, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful night out there, and if you look carefully through the, through the beautiful displays, this is unlike anything I've ever seen. But if you look through some of the house plants that have tinsel on them, you can see that there's uh, shoppers that are just uh, bustling along. The twinkling lights of tire repair stores. And uh, I know that if, it's on a, if it was a clear night, not like tonight, but on a clear night, and if you're just very still and, and very quiet, why, you, you can almost hear the Gowanus congeal. <laughs> not quite a solid, not quite a liquid. Never really freezes, does it? <laughs> Gowani, but we appreciate it for its indecision. Uh, now, uh, I'm not saying that the holidays have to be erotic. <laughs> There's certainly a lot of sensual elements out there, aren't there, when you think about it? Uh, people sneaking around in your home at night. <laughs> Stockings hung with care. Trimmings. Just the word trimmings. I've always, I've always liked that one. And uh, uh, special oils that burn for days. <laughs> Which reminds me, I've also got a little product. Andrew, you're going to like this. Uh, i got a little product uh, that I'm thinking about. It's kind of a novelty holiday item. It'll be a picture book. And it'll be called Erotica or Judaica. And, uh, <laughs> just, uh, I bet there'll be some fun comparisons in there. <laughs> one page is one, the other is the other. Anyhow, uh, uh, but uh, th there are still there's still one thing that's out there in the holly jolly landscape of this time of year that bugs me a little bit, that sticks in my craw, and that of course. And it's mostly for the lack of ambition, I guess, is what I look at. Because when I, when there's, this show is called Some Things I Enjoy, of course. And if there's one thing I don't enjoy, it's a lack of creativity, whether in the bedroom or out of doors. And so what I'm talking about here, people, is, of course, snowmen. I mean, when, nothing says that this is a home of a sexless, unimaginative person than some kind of lumpy, Oh, white snowman out front of the driveway. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I was thinking today, Andrew, about some ways in which you could heighten the experience, in which you could seize this as a creative opportunity to spice up your life and maybe inspire some of your neighbors' lives as well. So uh, uh, step one, let's do away with the gender binary. You know, I've always been trying to take that thing down. So let's, <laughs> it's 2012, let's live it up a little. Keep it ambiguous. So I say, right, instead of snowmen, let's call it a snowman. Z-N-O-M-Y-N. Snowman. And uh, just keep it interesting as well. Say, second of all, don't rush. Everybody rushes out there. Three balls, you're done. I'm telling you, you look at these things. And they got the, the spindly arms and the beady eyes and little or no fashion sense. It reminds me a lot of my ex-wife's family. <laughs> But anyhow, uh, these things, don't rush it, you know. This is a substance that could be literally anything you want it to be. You can shape it a, a thousand different ways, so take advantage of it. Be creative in what shapes that you choose, you know what I'm saying, do you? And color, people, don't be afraid of color. 
uh, a little dye, maybe some tea, even some coffee, some Coca-Cola products. Just, I mean, just, and just dye. It'll either reflect your vibrant cultural heritage or it'll be a potentially offensive lawn ornament. Either way, it started a conversation, and from conversation becomes intimacy. And that's what I'm getting at, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, 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 next, uh, a scarf, a scarf, a scarf. A scarf can be erotic in certain situations, yes. But you know what really just pulls the whole thing together is a smart fitted suit. Go to Ann Taylor, go to Loft if you have to. And if you see two of them, get two of them. They're on sale, it's fine. Get a nice belt, dresses it right up. Nice fitted suit can do a lot, ladies and gentlemen. And then second of all, coal and buttons. Andrew, do you have jars of coal? What is this, the 1800s? You had coal and buttons sitting around in your house? Do you find that? Natural gas. Is that, you use natural gas as well you should. And, uh, I got some other jokes about that. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm just, buttons don't get anybody going. All I'm saying is that, right, right, you know what I'm saying, you got a jar of buttons at the house, you think, well, this lady's gonna, gonna take me all the way. No, you think this is a spinster or something. She's got some time on her. Anyhow, <laughs> what I'm saying is go on the internet machine, go over there to the libraries. They have these, these kiosks set up and go into eBay and type in taxidermy eyes and get yourself a pair. Ladies and gentlemen, here's what you would end up if you follow this fever makeover plan for a, a heightened eroticism at home at the holidays for your snowman. You have a gender neutral being with streaks of dye, kind of brown, probably all over its body, looking good in a fitted lady suit, staring back at you with a glassy raccoon eye. That's how you put the happy in the holiday. Andrew McCollins over here on the Autoberry 64. Andrew. <laughs> That's the first time you've ever gotten applause for that. I, I want to note it. It's a milestone here at Dale Radio. Andrew, how are you? Busy with a lot of caroling gigs with the auto berry, are you? Taking it around and yeah, colorful Victorian yeah, door, to door I live in an apartment building, so it's actually just, you know, within the building. You just need an extension cord, and there you go, yeah. bringing Mary to Hall yeah. on your floor. Well, that's, uh, that's great. And, uh, uh, Andrew, uh, you have any holiday beats on there that you, you could play? I thought I heard a little drummer boy earlier. Well, that might have just been the whiskey. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Okay, we get that. Uh, well, you have any you have any big holiday plans, do you? I really don't. Good. Keep it yeah. simple. Yeah. And uh, 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 tomorrow's your birthday, is that that's right? That's correct. Well, how about that? Happy right? yeah. birthday! Your last last night is uh, whatever age you are celebrating here with some dingy chairs and <laughs> LED lights. I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> uh, well, I wouldn't either, and I appreciate you being here. Now, uh, could I get a little sitting down music? Cause I'm standing awkwardly here in the light, and I like to something slow, like Santa going down a clock chimney. I feel like we rushed it a little bit, but I'm okay. I'm okay. That was all me. Thank you very much, Andrew. That feels a lot better down here. Boy, that fan is nice. We don't often have the fan going that soon. Give me a nice breeze. Uh, uh, now you, uh, Andrew, of course, because it's your birthday, I thought I'd talk to you longer than a minute like I usually do. <laughs> but you have a lot going on, don't you? You run a little place over here called the Reanimation Library. That's true. And it's right there, Proteus Gowanus, right on the Gowanus. That's correct. And uh, a lot, you're busy this time of year, a lot of folks coming in, oh, trying, yeah. to, trying to buy books they can't buy. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. It's tough. And, uh, and, uh, and the, the thing is, you can come in there, and it's like an image repository, isn't it? Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Thank you. Uh, I, re I refer, refer you to the interview we did <laughs> a few seasons back. That's how I know it. But anyhow, uh, and, but you've got some exciting things going. You're going to be at the uh, uh, Museum of Modern Art. Can we break that news? We can break that news. Because that's why people tune into the podcast, to hear about uh, breaking news from obscure endeavors and a lot of super fun stuff. Imagine we'll see a bump in the website traffic tomorrow. I hope we do. When is, uh, when is that going to happen? When are you going to be up there? So that'll be the uh, 23rd of January. Oh, that's coming up. 
that's yeah. coming up. Well, we'll look for you up there, and everybody here I know will go if they can. <laughs> they can stand in line. So at MoMA, with all these people here, they're going to have a big spike in attendance, won't they? Well, that's, that's wonderful, and I'm glad that congratulations on all your success. It's really exciting, isn't it? It is exciting, yeah. Thank well, okay. This is. I see why I only talk to you for <laughs> It's gone on too long, but that's all right. There's a lot that I can do in editing. <laughs> I tease you. I love having you here. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, this I'm going to bring up. Uh, oh, I have to do this before I. Uh, uh, my goodness. Here's what happened. Yeah, this is a holiday episode of Dale Radio. Of course, one of many I'm sure we'll do throughout the month. And uh, if you caught the last one, I was out at the malls doing the Black Friday. That was a lot of fun. Anyhow, none of you did. That's fine. <laughs> but, uh, here's the thing. I'll get up and do it. You don't have to play me sitting down music again. That's fine. I'll just head over here to the cooler. And uh, now I got a great recipe. Uh, you know that um, I'm friends with uh, Noah Rothbaum over there at liquor.com. And he sent me a great uh, recipe for eggnog. And it's uh, quite complicated, so I'm going to try to recreate it here tonight. It was, uh, has many steps, and I think that we have to do first, of course, it takes a, a number of eggs uh, at your leisure, and you beat the yolks uh, together first with some sugar, and uh, you get that going until it's a little bit lighter in color, and then uh, you, uh, uh, I think you have to pour in some bourbon and some uh, rum, and uh, again, all the measurements are probably uh, uh, just uh, to your discretion, but uh, boy, this is a, you can't hear me beating, but boy, I'm doing it, aren't I? And uh, uh, the, uh, then, you, then you, have to, you have to do the eggs white, egg white separately. You ever do that? You need to have a copper pot, and you've got to whip it until you get those nice soft peaks going, and uh, that's, that's pretty exciting. And then you, then you pour in all the, everything together and fold it and you put a little uh, ground nutmeg on the top of it, which always uh, brings out the festive holiday. And that's what we've made here tonight. So that's what we're going to pair the podcast with. Uh, let's take a taste. Mostly whiskey at the top. That should be stirred. <laughs> but, um, boy, that took a lot out of me. I'm happy to have it. And I'll post the, I'll post the recipe, of course, on the on the website and you can follow along. <laughs> uh, it's a visual medium radio <laughs> show. Anyway, that's when you can make it home. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is really exciting. Uh, 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 I'm going to uh, ask you to help me welcome our first guest up here. She's a writer and uh, I like that? Like one of the Brady kids with my voice cracked just then. Uh, she's a writer and a performer and a storyteller. And uh, she has a great series that goes on there. She's, she's just like me. She runs a very popular uh, series of evening events for New York City residents. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the uh, Horribly Stained Chairs, Dana Rossi. <laughs> It's called the Soundtrack Series. That's what you that's what you founded, that's what you put together? Yes. That's what it's fair to say, that's what you're best known for at this point? Yes. Okay. Well, also, I have a nose ring. And that's the other thing I'm known for. That's it. Yep. That is enchanting, isn't it? Did that happen? <laughs> it is. Was yeah. that a spiritual quest that you were on? That really no. It was that? uh 2003. I was still living in Philly and uh I was still working at a restaurant, and after a shift one day, I went, I'm getting a nose ring, and I got a nose ring. I didn't say it was an interesting story, (laughs) but that's that's kind of It sounds like an amazing uh, uh, revelation of the spirit, isn't it? (laughs) 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 And was it a nice restaurant you were working at? Would they have a problem with your nose ring? Was it a rebellious time for you? No, no, yes, yes. 
Terrific. Right. <laughs> well, so now you said you were in Philly, and the fact of the matter is, I spent a little time out there in Philadelphia. Did you grow up near there? I grew up in Nazareth, Pennsylvania, which that, is like 70 miles north. Of that's where Jesus was from, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> which, and in, in Pennsylvania, is a neighboring town to Bethlehem as well, which is where I was born. And then further south, of course, of course is uh, uh, Intercourse, uh, Pennsylvania. And, is that, uh, or is that west? Oh, it's a little, well, <laughs> depends on how you like it. <laughs> Anyhow, back to Jesus. <laughs> it's a very, uh, it's a very uh, speaking of spiritual and religious, it is a little bit of a religious place down there, isn't it? Uh, Pennsylvania? Pennsylvania, yeah. Was that your experience? Now, Nazareth, is that a, a, a bit of a conservative place? Yeah, and uh, the, the predominant religion there is Moravian. Good for them. Yeah, I know. And that's the thing. It's like no one. Does anyone know Do they the make Moravians their own shoes? at all? They make they, their own shoes. No, they make their own like shoe fly pie. Like it was pretty much oh, that's shoe kind fly. of. Have you had shoe fly pie? And that's another yeah. thing. Is anyone, okay, good. Nice. Yeah, but no, like it's it's just a it's a pie. Protestant religion. I think I I, I rarely come across anyone. My, been... I'm not my parent. My family is originally from New York, so that's we were raised. We're Italian. I was raised Catholic. You're Italian, I never guessed yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't think. But, uh, <laughs> like I said, anyway. <laughs> and so, uh, but did you have a good time growing up there? Did you have some, some things that you think were really inspirational to you as a Pennsylvanian? Because I don't get a, a lot of people from Pennsylvania on this show, and I always think it's a, a mysterious place full of wonder. <laughs> in, in Nazareth? Hmm. Probably not. I mean, like, the highlight of my year every year was when we went to Dorney Park. And Wildwater Kingdom. And Wildwater Kingdom, Thank exactly. You very much. <laughs> it's an amusement park with an accompanying water park. I, I, I do. I feel like I'm playing translate for people in New York because there's like a lot tell, of like. Tell them this this no. broadcast goes out internationally. Pennsylvania. And, uh, tell the people in Bangladesh about the water flume because. Yes, actually, that was something. Uh, yeah, when I was in high school, some kid died. Okay. In the. They don't want to hear that. <laughs> really? You guys don't want to hear about the, the, the body that was found in the filter? Gonna... Okay, we can move on. I'll tell you though about water, uh, water, water, water kingdom. Uh, as I was wearing a digital watch when I went into the newly installed uh, tidal pool, they had the thing that make waves, like a wave pool. Yeah. And you didn't want to get too close because you'd be pressed against that gate. My God, you'd never be out of there. But I was wearing a, uh, this bed. I found a lot of bodies in that That's filter. That's where I think it was. But uh, I was wearing a, a, a new digital watch. They'd just come out, and I was impressed by the technology. And I had all these <laughs> And uh, I wore it into the into the wave huh. pool, and it sucked the crystals right out of it. It never worked the same again. <laughs> so that's my Dorney Park in Wildwood Kingdom. Story. That's, Thank no, you. that's a good one. Yeah. Thank you. It is a magical place, and I think people that come from there, they people think it's probably a pretty progressive place, but it's not. It's a very conservative kind of place, Pennsylvania. Eastern Pennsylvania, yeah. All of Pennsylvania, and except for then Philadelphia. I think it's really quite a. Uh, a friend of mine magical. described it as the most. She, another friend from Pennsylvania described it as the most southern northern state. I think that's true. Yeah, I do too. I think that's true. Even just the humidity. Forget yeah. the <laughs> it. Just, it just gets a little humid down there. Very true. But uh, so, okay, and, and what was your teenage years like? Were they full of uh, escaping from the boredom of Nazareth? Or were you, because you were driven to music yeah. and to seek I'm, out music, weren't you? Music's always been a passion. We talked about the soundtrack series. You got a whole thing now that your whole life is doing it. Ask other people about it, by God. And so, what was it like for you as a teenager when you were sitting there? Music videos were probably playing still at that time. You probably had some favorite musicians or. Bands or CDs, yeah. that kind of thing. What was it like for you? I, <laughs> well, I guess as a uh, as a kid, uh, my dad and I used to listen to records every Saturday morning. So we always had like a Saturday morning record playing party. Um, but my dad listened to like you know a lot of like you know seventy like the Orleans and it's like I was the only four year old who knew all the words to "Shame on the Moon" by Bob Seger, the Silver Bullet <laughs> Band, and that was actually my first forty five. Um, you may still be the only person. I probably am. Um, and then, uh, and then after that, and then like you know, in high school, I would. It's like that. Th those years, like in like I was in middle school, like 
right before Nirvana broke, you know, so like it was music was really unfocused then and we just kind of were being fed like Snap and Third Bass and that Shanice and whoever, you know, it was just all this kind of like, we don't know what music's doing and then Firehouse, let's not forget Firehouse, I'm so sorry I almost forgot that. Um, and I then, like, all of a sudden it was Nirvana, and then it just seemed to kind of focus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. passed me by. Firehouse, what's that? Lost. And then Nirvana happened, and then I kind of went, oh, that's what I wanted. That's what I've been waiting for. And then I was just always kind of, then I was like, you're into the grunge. Listening to grunge, but then also like seeking out my own music and seeking out alternative. And then throughout high school, then throughout high school, it was listening to like PJ Harvey. And Tori Amos, and then I found Barbara Streisand. I don't know how that was the third thing that I found. This feels after natural. Those, it, yeah. <laughs> but then I just really loved listening to Barbara Streisand and Billie Holiday. Oh, you love the great <clears throat> song stylists, don't you? The female song stylists and I, some of them songwriters as well. All of them sound a little bit disturbed <laughs> in their own way. Barbara may be a little bit more opaque about it, but so, I think we all feel her pain, don't we? I think so. Did you have a lot of, did, That's, yeah. did you have a lot of pain growing up? In did I have a lot of pain growing up? Probably, but it's that kind of like no more than anybody else. I well, think. that's good. I like that because if you had a lot, I'd Quite honestly, we'd have to move on to another subject, but let's do that anyway. <laughs> so you have this uh, this series now that you that that you have the soundtrack series, and what do you do there? You ask other people, writers and uh, performers and storytellers, just like yourself. Those are all the words I used to describe you earlier. But <laughs> I do. I invite more me's to come and be me at me. Well, that's it. Tell you that's not a bad way to go. Exactly. Uh, but uh, uh, so, um, but what happens? They they pick a particular song that may have been important to them in their childhood, mm -hmm. and then they talk about it. Right, or they they tell the story that always like just comes into their head whenever they hear a particular song. Well, I have one for you. Good. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking about it this afternoon on my way to pick up Andrew. And uh, are you familiar with Atlantic Star? Yeah. <laughs> There's a song that they do that was always a sound. I came to some of this music late. I had a, I wasn't into pop music for a while, and then I was I, I did classical, and then I did jazz, and then I did oldies. <laughs> I was real popular. And anyway. Uh, you find out quick which table you sit at in the cafetoria, you know, <laughs> and, and classical kids. Anyway, uh, uh, the oldies was not a popular, that's a table for one. Anyway, uh, so a lot of my music and popular music came from uh, going to the Count Roller Rink out mm -hmm. there in, in Pennsylvania, one of our great skating facilities. Roller skates, not ice. Nope, and, I, uh, I remember the roller rink. And there was a song that they played there, every couple skate, that was in Panic Star. And it was, uh, you know, they did the hokey pokey, and then they did the other things, and all skate and I what have you. I think I know what you're going to, I think and I know what song it is. It's that, uh, and we Always. both know that our love will grow, <laughs> and forever it will be. We all know, no, we all know it. We don't need it. Anyhow, it was one of the most romantic songs I've ever heard. <laughs> and as a young boy, a girl came into our class by the name of Jenna Faulkner. I'm mm. using her real name uh, because that's what her name is. And I've never been attracted to a blonde woman before. <laughs> Nor since. Yeah. After this. And, uh, uh, she was her birthday party. She was. It was a popular time mm. to, to have birthday parties at the roller rink. Oh yeah. You probably went to a few of them. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot going on in Pennsylvania. Nope. And uh, my dream was to do couple skate with her. But of course, I wanted to get to her in a different way. I wanted to convey my uh, uh, adoration of her in a way that was. Um, now looking back, probably a little creepy. But what I was thinking of was that it would be mysterious and inviting 
And so I had my mother write out a, uh, not a Valentine's card, but a, a birthday card that mm -hmm. said, it was a penguin. It was like in puffy paint or something. It was a beautiful, yeah, oh, I'm telling you. If this had worked out, it would be a different conversation. Yes. <laughs> but anyhow, uh, she, she signed it because I didn't want her to see my handwriting, and I bought her a single rose, and I had the other mother give her the rose and met her at the thing. And I'm not sure that I was invited to the party, but I was there. <laughs> I was there in the parking lot with all this stuff. And, uh, necklace in the shape of a heart. It was a beautiful thing, probably cost well over five dollars, yeah. and uh, all tucked into this envelope, and I handed it over to her, and uh, through the surrogates, and uh, never, never heard from her again, even yeah. though we were in many of the same classes, never talked to me again. But anyway, we go on, we, right? This is what happens, and yeah. I would just skate alone to that always, so thinking, <laughs> someday. It'll happen for me, but by God, I got good at the hokey pokey. No, that's. <laughs> we actually had a guy you know I mean. about a year ago tell a roller rink story, and I think it was that he was at someone's birthday party again, and that he went up because you could go up and request a song with the DJ. Sure. You remember you can go do that, and I think he, was there a song in the in the movie Transformers, like the '80s movie Transformers, called "The Glory of Love." Yes. That's what he requested, and the DJ played the Peter Cetera, The Glory of Love, from the Karate Kid. Yeah, and then he was, you know, and then and the DJ said, you know, this is, you know, Neil's request, and, and you know, and now he was, right. he was very embarrassed. But yeah. Unicron no like. No. <laughs> There's one kid in Pennsylvania that'll get that joke. Orson Welles was his voice. Anyhow. <laughs> Transformers the movie trivia. You don't want to get me going on that. <laughs> I've gone down some obscure paths in my life. But, uh, well, Dana, how often does the show happen? Uh, soundtrack series is the fourth Thursday of every month, and it's at Le Poisson Rouge. Well, that's uh, which a nice is, facility yeah. there, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, it's like, no, there's, a, there's two rooms there. There's the, there's the bigger... Yeah. There's the bigger music venue, and then there's what they call the gallery, um, and that's that's where we are, is that's in the gallery. Because they packed houses. We do, yeah. yeah. Not, not, so far, we're exactly the same. Yeah. Uh, uh, good, good. You got listings everywhere. You got another one coming up. Uh, yeah, uh, December twenty second. Um, we have uh, at that show we have uh, Elna Baker, um, who is she's been on This American Life, and she sure. wrote. Oh, how does the the New York Regional Mormon sing Halloween Singles Dance. Um, I don't know if anyone had read that. That was her book uh, about like growing up like Mormon. Yeah. I don't read the book. And, uh, and also uh, Franz Nicolay, uh, formerly of The Hold Steady. Um, How about that, ladies? <laughs> and then and three other people as well. Amazing. No, I know. But they're, they're yeah. Great guests every time. Uh, we have a comic, people. a storyteller. Yeah. Fantastic people, and we'll, we'll talk about how I might get on the show. But you know, I was actually thinking about, you ever watch the, you like music videos though too, they're real yeah. popular, you're kind of a scholar in this world, aren't you? You, you, you studied it? Yeah. I mean on a personal level, not with any kind of degree or anything. And that would be an awesome degree, but yeah, no, yeah. I bet it exists. But uh, uh, I was watching the other day, because another song that I really enjoy, of course, well, because it, it was one of these early ones, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. There's these songs that leave an impression on you when you're growing up out there in Pennsylvania in the wilds and you don't have a lot going on. <laughs> and uh, so I was back there, I worked for a camp, and I was back there, and a lot of the other kids at the camp, I was a counselor, but a lot of the kids there were into the Ozzy Osbourne. And, they, and that, <laughs> that stuff, now he's a bit of a joke, but then he was genuinely terrifying. Yes. And, and he would, he, I don't know what he was doing, eating puppies and bats and whatnot, and spitting into cups, and the whole thing sounded like a terrible scene, and I didn't want anything to do with it. Yeah. You cut your hair after all this, by God's sake. Anyhow, I'm on the back of the bus with one of these kids, and uh, he shows me the tape that he's got, this quiet riot. You know that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Quiet riot. It's a, it's a tape cover, if you're not familiar with it, it's a, like an iron mask. Probably they were attracted to literature and, and that kind of thing, and so they drew from that inspiration. Likely. It shows a terrifying image of a man in a metal mask staring 
back at you. He shows me this tape. I said, well, that doesn't look like something I've ever enjoyed. But then he pops into a portable disc thing and puts it on a tape player, and he puts it into my ears, and I listen to it, and it's like, come on, feel, feel the, the noise. noise. Yeah. Girls rock the boys. We'll get wild, wild, wild. I used it as a season opener for this season. Because <laughs> <laughs> it stuck with me. So and knowing that you were going to be here, knowing that you love music videos and that kind of thing, I went back and I, I called it up. I was at the library, and I called it up. I said, homeless fella, move over. And I, I called him <laughs> and I watched the Come On Feeling Noise video. Have you ever seen that video? I probably have, but I don't, I don't think I remember. It's the most unremarkable video you will <laughs> yeah. ever see. And you know, I encourage everybody, to, if you've got some time on your hands, you've got three minutes, 27 seconds, whatever it is. First of all, I don't appreciate the way they spell come. Yep. And then noise is all good. Goofed up. I don't do blue material, and I don't. I don't appreciate the way they do it. But anyhow, you'd think with that kind of spelling, it would be a real kind of uh, you know randy tale. Here's what happens. Here's what happens in the video, ladies and gentlemen. You know the song, right? Okay. So the the song starts, and it's a teenager, although he looks like he's probably in his twenties, and it's a kid, a boy, a guy, you know, and he's sitting in the bed, and all of a sudden. Bed starts shaking. You think, oh boy, this is going to be some kind of earthquake. He's going to feel the noise. Come on, feel the noise. And the uh, bed starts shaking. And then he reaches for his alarm clock, which is presumably the source of the music, I guess. It's the thing. But the, oh no, the alarm clock gets real high. So then you're thinking, well, it's an earthquake shrinking. Kind of, it's a honey, I shrunk the noise. <laughs> thing going on and so he can't reach the thing he's getting is he getting small I don't know above the bed then they do a shot and it's the mask it's the mask from the tape that's so right, frightening right yeah and the bed is glowing and you think my goodness what's that this is going to be we're going to enter the fantasy realm at any minute the thing is shaking yeah. and glowing well then all oh, it's shaking he's getting lower down he can't reach the radio it's all one set and then they, maybe they dissolve a wall or a wall breaks down or something and it's the band, it's the, yep. the, the, the people playing the music. And they all look indistinguishable from any of the other people that play that kind of music. <laughs> and they got tight pants and there's handkerchiefs, that kind of thing. Thank you for not wearing handkerchiefs, by the way, Andrew. And uh, they're playing the music. And it's like he's at the concert. And clearly he was at the concert the night before or something. And, he's and that's where he got the mask. It. And so the okay. guy throws the mask out in the audience. And the kid catches it. And then the guy wakes up. It was just a dream. <laughs> <laughs> it's the lamest video I've ever seen. I think, okay, uh, Come On, Feel the Noise is probably about 1983, 82, 83. Okay. Well, so, yeah. I, I actually. Gonna, who are you looking to for that? <laughs> The very knowledgeable audience, the very who are very schooled in early '80s hair metal, like Rat and Quiet Riot. You thought it later than? No, so he's going. He's saying no. Oh, is this it? So, so eighty three is that it's about? It's a shame okay. no one has a computer open to even look this up. <laughs> eighty three, eighty two, something like that. That feels right to me. That feels about the time that I would have been working at the camp. No, I, I, I just yeah. actually finished, and if, if if no one has read this, I, I do recommend it, especially if you were into videos and you or you grew up in the eighties and everything. I just finished reading. I want my MTV, which is the oral history of MTV from. Sure. 1981 through 1992, which is when they kind of, that's when they considered to be the golden age of MTV, you know, before the real world kind of then started to skew the channel in another direction. Right. And they talk about, you know, those first few years and how all those videos are ridiculous and especially pre-thriller because nobody really knew what to do. It was just like, well, we're just going to put a bunch of images up and who cares if they make any sense or if they go with the last image, you know, and then until everybody saw thriller and there was a story and there was dancing and there were zombies. And people went, oh, I want that. And then everybody, it kind of evolved from there. So I think, I think Quiet Riot might have fallen victim to, to a pre-thriller world. I Maybe not. I, I, I don't know. I think that's true. It's one of the laziest videos I've ever seen. You have not seen Iran by Flock of Seagulls. Oh, I'd like to, I'd like to call that that's up. You've given me some things to look at. That's wonderful. Sorry. Sorry. I had an eggnog moment. That's what happened just then. I'm like, well, I better say something because this thing's going to come out. Anyhow, uh, well, that's, that's great. And I, I don't know, look at that. And the show, how do you find out more about the show? Where, what do you, you got a day job or something? I do. And what's that? I work for a private investigator. Oh, my gosh. How do we get to this so late in the interview? I know. <laughs> Who the heck?
not quite right. I know. <laughs> no, that's, that's fun. That's good, but that's exciting. Yeah. Is it weird a little bit? Yeah. Can you look up Jenna Faulkner? <laughs> no. I was worth a shot. Not unless you got a really good reason and some money. I got a good reason, but no money. Yeah. So let's, uh, but we'll leave that for another time. And how can you find out more about the soundtrack series? Our, our website, soundtrackseries.com. And it's great. If you go there, ladies and gentlemen, by all means do. You get to listen to some of the past ones. And mm-hmm. it's, it's We're on got, iTunes. We're you've got one podcast. on there. I do have a recent one on there about a video about how November Rain was the first video I was totally confused by. <laughs> well, that's it. We don't have the time to get into it now. But Dana Rossi, thank you for being here. So thank much. you for it's having me. It's a real me. pleasure, and uh, look for the soundtrack. See, it's going to come back. Your next show is when? Uh, December 22nd. December 22nd. If you're in the city, go out and see it. La Poisson Rouge. Yeah, and it's free. And uh, it's free. It is. Well, it's cheaper than this show. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's a lot of fun. Good. Thank you for being Excellent. here. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Dana Rossi, ladies and gentlemen. You need any more nod? You okay? Good. You don't really need too much of the nod to... Don't worry about getting that perfect. If you need to set it on the chair, you can set it on the chair. And we'll just... uh, Again, I'm going to fold the egg white mixture into the... They're always looking for peaks. That's the thing about egg whites. I got to get a special bowl and a special mixer. Still playing over there? Yeah. All right. I'll put a little more in here and see what happens. See what kind of headache I get tomorrow. There we go. Well, we'll seal it up. I'm just enjoying myself. At this point, it's the holidays, and we all kind of get a little comfortable, don't we? Uh, well, uh, we have another guest, and uh, I'm just that she's here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, she's uh, somebody that, you know, as you, as you walk down the path of life, you encounter some people, don't you, who you think, we are a kindred spirit. We have something in common. Hello, friend, let's go to the tavern and sit a while. Let's sit a spell and tell tales of the things that we have done in times gone past. And that's what I think we'll do tonight. I'm so excited that she's, she's here. She's a, a, a performer and uh, probably a writer, a skilled costume maker, as it turns out. And uh, probably above all a playwright, though, I'd say. Probably number one, but we'll ask her. We'll see what she thinks about it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Sybil Kempson to the show. how we do it here. Thank you. How are you, Sybil? I'm very well. I'm very, very happy to be here. Well, it's very exciting to have you here. Sybil had to be an easy name growing up as a child, was it? Well, I think I was born about two years before the Sally Field movie came out. Well, that's good timing. The world was really ready to ask me how many personalities do I have any (laughs) time I met anybody, but it's it's all right. At this point, it's, it's, it's good. Is it not? Is not. Well, I could project if. Oh no, it's okay. Hello. Everybody here, okay? That's the main thing. Everybody here. All six of us are tuned in. Don't worry. Uh, That's good. Well, uh, uh, Sylvia, you just completed a run of a big show, didn't you? Uh, It was uh, called the Secret Death of. Quite frankly, it had too long of a title for me. A number of different iterations that kept going on and on. I like a title that has a little punch to it. For instance, if you just said Spider-Man, exclamation point, I'd be fine. You don't need Spider-Man, turn off the dark. I'm not going to confuse it with any other musicals about a Marvel web slinger. I'm just, no, I'm not going to do it. But Julie Tambor, she gets involved with things, and I think sometimes she kind of complicates it. She certainly did with this show. We had some early, early talks. I'm telling you, after 12 hours in that harness, I said, you know what? This is not for 
me. And so uh, I hope we can settle it uh, out of court. And, uh, but she's a great gal, and she's really energetic, and I like having her around, so uh, she's good. But the show that you did had a lot of puppets. Did you think about asking uh, Taymor to be involved? I Actually, the thought never crossed my mind. I figured we couldn't afford her, but she might be looking for work, and now I feel terrible that I didn't think of it. Well, we would have loved to have her on the team, although Amanda Villalobos, who made the puppets. Sure, she did a great job. I, there's no, you know, how can you have a problem with that? You can't. And what, 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 what I kind of I kind of got us off track. What was, the, what was the show called? It was called, the full title, The Secret Death of Puppets, or How Do Puppets Die, or Puppets Die in Secret was the full, <laughs> the full title. You had me at Secret Death of And Puppets. I know. I, I gotta say, but I like that you kept going. Well, Sometimes I, I keep going. I, <laughs> <laughs> but that was, it was a really enjoyable show. And Thank you. You know, I fell in with a bit of the experimental theater crowd uh, sometime between the uh, late 80s and the early 2000s. And I would say that uh, your show was uh, faster moving than Bob Wilson, a little sunnier than Maria Irene Fornes, and uh, a lot easier to listen to than a Richard Foreman play. Oh, <laughs> so, thank you. Uh, you're welcome. It was uh, very enjoyable to see. And do you feel it went well? Do you, you feel good I about I feel it? very happy with it, yeah. That was over at Dixon Place? That's right. That's a nice That's little right. facility there. You can yeah, drink. Yeah, they've got quite a facility at a bar, a full-service yeah, bar. bar right there at the theater. So you can't say that about all those downtown theaters. No, so it's I, a I reason. Wouldn't. A full bar, not just beer and wine. No, I mean, no, it's no, a full... Whole, I, believe me, I took advantage of it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good fun. way to support, I guess, you know, having a theater is to have a bar and encourage people drinking. Absolutely. And after the show. Absolutely. So. I mostly focus on my guests having enough to drink, but uh, there's uh, there's other ways to go about it, isn't it? The eggnog is delicious. Thank you. You've done a well, wonderful listen, we job. We can share it with it. We got uh, well. We had 14 glasses when we showed up, so that's probably that'll serve at least the first quadrant. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> now, was it true that what you primarily known as is a playwright? Is that true? That is true. Yes, I, I started out as a performer, and uh, I wasn't writing at all, and or even reading anything after school. I just sort of came into the world and started going on auditions and failing, failing, failing. It's tough and stuff, isn't it? It is tough it is stuff, tough, isn't yeah. it? Ugh. And uh, I couldn't fit in, and and uh, but I, I did do some plays, which... Um, were great, some sort of more on the experimental end of things, and I was having a great time. And then uh, I, I ended up starting to write plays just for myself to perform in. So I did that for a while, and um, and then I, um, I I got too tired is pretty much what happened. Yeah. And so now I'm just sort of writing them and trying to hand them over to others to figure out figure it out as best as best they can well that's not a bad way so. to go you're over at the new dramatist too you're that's one right of those, you're one of those folks mm -hmm. i saw a number of your binders up on the shelf and i thought i gotta get her on the show i gotta get some more <laughs> somebody up with there. that many binders must have something going on <laughs> uh, isn't that true so, and, then, uh, and where'd you grow up by the way well i grew up in new jersey in northern new jersey i'm sorry it wasn't that bad. It was in the north. It's lovely. North is fine. Lovely. North is fine. And then I moved to Pennsylvania when I was in high school. I tell so. you, this whole show has become a little bit of a Pennsylvania special. It's become a little Pennsylvanian. <laughs> Which uh, calls back to the erotic stuff I was talking about earlier. But, uh, Indeed it does. I'm glad someone's not ashamed to say it. No, no, out no. Loud. My goodness, up Broad Street, the Liberty Crack, there's a lot that we can talk about. <laughs> just Bucks County. Well, you, spend, you spend time over there in the Poconos, do you? I do. What's I do. that about? Well, uh, my mother lives there, and uh, and she Has helped. always lived there. No, well, we moved there together in 1987, and I went moved to. There. What do you mean? 
What was the decision to move to the Philippines? Well, uh, my stepfather um, at, uh, was working at the time in Philadelphia, and uh, he was traveling, or what was it? He was home only on the weekends, and in the week he would be, he would stay in Philadelphia and work, and so I thought it was a great arrangement because um, you like the guy. Well, I love him very much, but he's very noisy, and we lived in a really small house. And I thought it was nice having the quiet during oh, the see. week, and then I you see. know, and then family time on the weekend. Right. And I really loved. We had a really wonderful house that we grew up in. Um, was it an A-frame? I, I grew up in. It was close to an A-frame. I spent a little time in an A-frame in the Poconos. Did you really? <laughs> yeah, I did. Because I live in an A-frame in the Poconos really? now. That is absolutely true. Well, this camp that I was a part of, they go up there every year and uh, to an A-frame in the Poconos, and uh, I, I just loved it. I'd go out on the canoe, out on the river a little bit, and uh, pond, whatever it was, with any body of water I'm happy to be on it. <laughs> And uh, there was a little bit of a chubby fella there. That, uh, his name was Dirk. And uh, right away, you know, you're going to get some harassment if your name is Dirk. That's, That's one true. of our more unfortunate names. <laughs> I pushed him off the deck one time, and he bounced off of three rocks. <laughs> I, was, I felt bad about it, but also the kid bounced. <laughs> I mean, that... That's something, and uh, I still to this day carry a little bit of the Poconos around with me in uh, in my hand and in, in my knee. Uh, from I flipped a moped out there, uh, but you know there are a lot of gravel roads out there, right. and I flipped it, and I still have some stones in my knee. But anyhow, the Poconos are an exciting. What's it like the rest of the year though? Because I felt like summer Poconos is one thing, but then you get the people that are there year round, and uh oh. Yeah, yeah, it's a little. <laughs> what the heck's going on? Yeah, it's a little, it's a little, it's a little bit of a depressed area, There's actually. A uh, Appalachia or something mm -hmm. going on there. Yep, and um. It's north, north of Nazareth. That it is north of Nazareth and Bethlehem, right. but reachable by, by car about 20, 30 minutes on our Route thirty three South, and you're there. Yeah, you're in things Bethlehem. Things are reachable by car. Yes. <laughs> Well, you know, you can get there in much less than a day of driving. Sure, yes. That but there's skiing. People ski. And I think a lot of the A-frames are used for ski yes, weekends or have been used for ski place. weekends. Do you go to the Mount Airy Lodge? <laughs> Man, I think th I know that I have driven past it, but it's really... You gotta go in. I wanna go in. You gotta go in. I lost a money clip there at a teen mixer some years ago. <laughs> but uh, it's a real vibrant community. I'm ashamed of, I haven't spent more time there. Uh, we were, I was speaking to somebody earlier that's from the region, and they have some champagne shaped hot tubs, champagne glasses. They're very popular <laughs> in that area. I like to get in. Now, that's a casino now. The Mount Airy Lodge has become a Is casino. It? That's right. Uh, it wasn't at that it's time. Very that popular. I was back there. But, uh, but do you draw any inspiration from the Poconos, do you? Probably. 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 A little, I, I think know I... there was a kind of a haunting undertone to the puppets. <laughs> Yes, but I think that's more from my New Jersey upbringing. Oh. I grew up in a house that was very haunted, and also the woods behind our house were, I think, very haunted. Really? And Did I you see any ghosts? I never saw them, I don't think, but I we heard them, yeah. and I would be out in the woods. I would play in these woods a lot as a kid, and deep, deep into the woods, it was watershed property for the city of Newark, incidentally. Beautiful, so, beautiful country. <laughs> and there had been an old town back there called Snuff Town. And there was a cemetery. You would travel through, and there would be those stone dividers that they used to divide the farm fields sure. back in this. And yes. they had grown. And I, I don't know what happened to the town. And there was an old cemetery back there with the gravestones were like from the 1600s. Ooh. Those are the ghosts that stick around. Yeah, it was, and there was, um... You never see any other ghosts, do you? I, <laughs> from other eras. They're always in the nice, From the 16th, they're always yeah, dressed they're, like pilgrims. Yeah, there's a lot of pilgrim ghosts Somehow. There. It must not have been a happy time. I, I don't, it was a restless time, maybe. <laughs> yes, indeed. A lot of work left undone. <laughs> that's probably what That's it was. probably what it is. That's probably why they're still around. young. 
But uh, I saw a ghost once, you know that? I saw a ghost. I didn't know that. I've seen many ghosts, but I'll tell you two stories because we have the time. Uh, <laughs> I was in an elderly gentleman's home. The circumstances and conditions are not important. <laughs> but I was sitting there uh, watching Wheel of Fortune or something, and a, a, a chair lifted up like that, and then sit back down. Like this? Like forward. Like these chairs we're sitting in right now would just raise forward and then sit back down. I know, it's haunting and terrifying. <laughs> the second time, though, was a friendlier time. It was my grandmother. I saw her head appear. Just right there on the stairwell. Just appeared a large floating green head, letting me know that everything was okay. <laughs> but how did you hear the ghost? What were you doing? We uh, we would hear them and uh, what was it like a ping pong match? No, it was like banging <laughs> on the walls, and also you would hear God, like. Why um, do we live in these places? <laughs> you would hear like you know, corduroy I mean, pants. Like new construction. Walking. That's what I'm thinking about. I don't want to. Of what construction? Places. New construction. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to get into these. Well, you got to watch what you're building these. on in the new construction. Oh God, that can you can true. create worse you're problems. You're not safe anywhere, are you? No. <laughs> so you draw on all of this, and then of course you spend a lot of time as a performer, didn't you? Did you have an early theatrical experience in the Poconos or thereabouts that really turned you on to theater, or what was it? Yes, and I just put my finger on it a couple of days ago, and I'm so glad someone's asked me this question again. There was a man in our neighborhood, and we lived in a, a house that was built in the 1940s in with Bavarian architecture, and it was this little development around a lake and it was built by a bunch of German people that had emigrated to the United States I think during World War II mm -hmm. um, and uh, uh, one of our great periods of migration <laughs> <laughs> there was a man named Mr. Lonsky who lived down the hill from us next to the lake it was, it was the community was built around a lake and he worked in the motion picture industry doing special effects and you never wait, wait, wait. saw him. Wait, wait, wait. That's in the Poconos? No, this is in New Jersey. Okay, I'm okay, sorry. Okay, okay. Sorry, I grew up sorry. in a town called Stockholm, New Jersey. Stockholm, New Jersey. With these weird woods in the back. Okay, okay, sorry. And Mr. Lonsky, I can't tell you. In the special effects industry in the, the A-frame in the Poconos, but okay. But it was New Jersey, so <laughs> it was a little closer. Close New York, okay. But farther, no, more up toward New York State, though. It was, okay, it was very yes. nice. But he would build like a sticks entryway to his home and he would be something different for Halloween every year. Like and a hobbit? <laughs> I don't I don't know if he was ever the hobbit. My first memory was of him as it's Frankenstein. Not, it's not just one. He can be uh, he can be a hobbit. Anyhow, sorry, it's a minor quibble. It's a minor quibble. <laughs> I think it would be anyway. He was Frankenstein. He was Frankenstein the first year. Still a stick structure. Was the structure always the same? Yeah, it was. It was like a archway of sticks all tied together, and he would get it ready and put spider webs, and he would appear at the doorway. He would wait until there was a big group of kids waiting outside, and you had to Probably walk. several hours. Yes. Well, several minutes, which <laughs> felt like hours, and you had to go down these steps to get to his house. This long path of steps to get down to his house, and you would sit there and wait. And he was a Frankenstein. He was a mummy one year. He had a coffin, and the coffin opened, and he was really dressed as a mummy. Oh, I don't and he like that. stiffly walked toward us and handed us the candy. He was a witch one year, and he had a cauldron with dry ice in it. Single fella. No, he had a family, and I, I have no idea what the guy looked like other than his Halloween costume. I never, never saw, him saw him other than that, year. but he did have a family. Yeah, because there were other. I bet they were proud of him. I think. I mean, he was. It was a yeah. big deal. It wow, was a so big that deal. inspired you to move into this. I think that was a, a, a formative experience. Because a lot of trees and things. That That's were, right, and branches and sticks. A lot of branches. Boy, anytime you see branches, you know it's back to Stockholm. You know you're in, and you know that something weird is going on. <laughs> something weird is happening. There's almost some branches in here. Well, even. something weird is going on. So. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> and uh, and you, but you, but you started out as a performer. I know. Just speaking about inspiration for me, uh, I I spent a, probably a good six to seven months. Uh, just singing at, at full lung capacity 
the sun will come out tomorrow from Annie. That was what really that launched was... me in. That was a real uh, uh, game changer. I went to see that down in Philadelphia somehow. And boy, it really spoke to me in the same way that uh, Cats did. I like to see that musical Cats. A lot of people bang, bash on that that musical. They think it's not very serious or whatever, but I tell you, you're going to have more fun of Cats in the yard carousel. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's a pretty bold statement. Well, I, I, I bet it would hold up because when the cats run through the audience, you're just like, oh my God, isn't it exciting? <laughs> and uh, they're all in leotards and jumping and they go up on the giant tire and you're not really sure what the scale of the darn things are. Are they normal cats? Are they humans dressed as cats? And then they ride. The tire's a little bit off, but then the roof lifts. Anyway, I was, it inspired a life of the theater for me. And that's I was also the, inspired by Annie. I didn't see Cats, but Annie was big for it me. It was big, wasn't it? it really Who played spoke. Annie when you saw it? Do you remember? Oh, I think she had red hair. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have no idea. I had probably nobody. I don't know. It was a regional production of the darn thing. I have no idea. It was. I found my playbill from when I saw it as a little Melissa kid. Melissa Gilbert? Very close. Oh. Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh, that's right. SJP. She was in it, wasn't she? She was one of our great aunties. I hope to have her on the program soon. Uh, but, and so, and then, uh, you, but you've been interested, you, when, as you performed, of course, you performed as a lot of characters. I'm interested in that because I'm interested in creating a compelling character that you'd like to spend time with. Um... <laughs> Let's see. I think my favorite character um, is uh, a character named Howard that I wrote yes. in a play one time. And um, I think that's my favorite guy. And I wrote this play, and then I, I sort of on a dare, someone told me to do the whole play just all by myself. And so uh -huh. I did it. And I think Howard was my favorite my favorite character. But you performed as a number of different characters yeah. throughout, haven't That's you? That's right. Flipping back, what do you use, just a scarf or a wig or something that <laughs> just says, I'm a different character. <laughs> now I'm a different character. <laughs> That's a lot of fun, isn't it? I love solo performance. <laughs> just a black theater and a simple light and maybe a stool and then just a scarf and you can really go And just it. your imagination. Just as all it requires the audience. It's very little buy-in, not like <laughs> several years of performing as a character. And high yield. And high yield. High yes, yield. Yes, yes, yes. It's, well, all of what we do is uh, of massive reward, isn't it? We hope. In, in the theatrical <laughs> environment. Uh, but, uh, and so what do you have, what, what's now? You've got the big show and just finished at Dixie Place. You had a great time of it. What do you do? You're recharging for the holidays? Well, I've got to wash all the costumes. They're still sitting in a plastic bin. By the way, you made the costumes. I did. I did. I went crazy and made I'm the costumes. You, you should see this thing. Google it or do whatever you do and look at this thing because it's uh, quite something. I, I saw you after the show hauling the Tupperware bins. That the thought, big oh Tupperware God, bins. That's how you know you've made it when you got to really haul it. Got to load all the costumes into the back of your wagon. <laughs> that's right. That's yep. success. She's got to be on the program. That's yep, right. That's what I thought. Uh, but it was, they were great. They looked great. The show was so fabulous. And uh, full disclosure, I did a couple of the voices in there. You did. I didn't I know if I should mention real it or intimidating if you to keep it a secret. They had me in there with what a fellows from Elevator Repair Service. And, That's right. And uh, I don't know what else was in there. Lots of other three named things, probably. <laughs> and uh, a real expert in there. And he did a great job. And I thought I better just shut up and not say anything. And then. You know, whatever. Well, I would have appreciated a second take, but we did it. And you got it. But it was perfect. The, it was perfect the first it. time. Well, and did was, you? How did you feel it about was. it when you saw and heard well, I yourself? I, I, well, I was uh, first of all uncomfortable being the villain of the show. <laughs> I like to be someone that people like, but it was okay. Uh, I, I felt like I really by the third line or so I got into it. And I knew that I had done that in the in the recording, and I thought, boy, if I could only take the first couple of lines, how's everybody doing? <laughs> Fascinating peek into the side, into the mind of an actor, isn't it? But anyhow, uh, uh, that's what I thought, and I thought, well, I got there by the end, and we we oh. made it work, and it was a spectacular show, 
and uh, I wish you all the best in whatever comes next. Thanks so much. It's going to be just a, a triumph. I know you're a real rising star, and I'm happy you're here. Thanks so much. I've, I'll keep you posted, I promise. Please do. I like that. Can people find out more about you online? Better if they don't. <laughs> and so, <laughs> you don't have a website. You could Google. I don't have a website. I know that I should by now. Sorry, um, nice but you could Google. Here, I right? have some stuff coming up in March. I'm do. I'm writing some text for uh, choreographer David Newman. Um, for the a great show. David Newman, sure. He's wonderful. He's doing. He's making a show called Restless Eye, and we're actually looking at some um, some transcripts of uh, different um, NASA missions, Apollo and Gemini missions. Some of which, on which they saw UFOs, and then you read the whole you know, 57-hour transcript of the wow. whole mission. I would like to read a 57-hour transcript. Well, come on and see the show, and that'll be the closest you I can will. get. And that's done in dance? And it's also going to be that's, spoken that's in dance. That's a better, better way to do it. Mm -hmm. I like to speak things in dance myself, especially around the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> that but, sounds great. Well, we'll look forward to that. What's it called? Do you know what it's called? Uh, Restless Eye. Restless Eye is what you said, of course, and uh, that's wonderful. I remember when you said it. That's, uh, that's what, sometimes the people at home don't hear it, so I want to make sure. Restless Eye, we'll check. That's going to be here in New York? That'll be at um, uh, the former dance theater workshop, which is now called New York Live Arts, which is sort of. I don't know about the name. I say keep changing it. Yeah, a couple keep, of years. Yeah. <laughs> keep it going. <laughs> keep it living. Keep That's it alive. Right. That's right. Well, Shibble, thank you so much. Thank for you being so here. much. Thank you very much. Well, my hand's a little sticky because there's some tape. I didn't I want just, you to think it was something weird. It, it's okay. And your hands are sticky. Yeah. You're having a good time. That's, uh, That's what we hope for at the old show, isn't it? But uh, thanks, Andrew. That's enough. We don't need to hear a lot of that. Thank you. Thank you. Just, you're getting too too friendly with. It. Well, uh, that's. Uh, okay. You got it. Yes. Okay. Get your bag and get back to your seat. Good. <laughs> All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been a time of it, hasn't it? That uh, eggnog recipe, I'm telling you, is a first-hand trier of it. Uh, that'll that'll do you well at home. That'll be that'll spice things up. Uh, around your household, especially with relatives you might not care for. Uh, well, that's it. Listen, here's the, here's the deal. The next show, uh, we're all going to have to get on a plane and go to Los Angeles because the next live show is happening out at the Hammer Museum at UCLA. And I'm excited to announce my guests are going to be, first of all, Andrew, you do a great job. But the band is going to be the UCLA Jazz Ensemble, led by... <laughs> <laughs> we gotta fly, yeah. Just bring the dang thing. It'll fit on the plane. It'll be oh, yeah. right in the overhead. But uh, UCLA Jazz Ensemble, led by the great Kenny uh, Burrell, legendary jazz guitarist. He's gonna be there. I'm gonna be sitting down, and uh, instead of having to mix drinks myself, we'll have an on-stage mixologist by Daniel Lee, uh, and. Uh, which I know doesn't mean much to you, but but trust me, it's exciting because he's really disgruntled, and uh, you'll see him in some Toyota ads and stuff. Anyhow, and uh, Mark Horowitz uh, is I think he's a great internet celebrity. Look at him; he's some uh, I Need to Stop Soon .com is his website, and uh, he got famous, quote unquote, by uh, putting his, his actual phone number in the Crate and Barrel catalog and then going to dinner with a bunch of people. So uh, he. he yeah. We're gonna we're gonna talk about all he's got going on. It's lots, believe me. And then uh, and then I'm gonna sit down with and folks, I couldn't be more excited about this. But I'm gonna sit down with Mary Lou Metzger, and she was a star of the original Lawrence Welk show. And uh, it's uh, I, you know it's, I'm just beyond words that this is gonna happen. And uh, we're gonna sit and talk about it. maybe we'll even do a duet at the end. Who knows what's gonna happen? But uh, that's January 19th. It's a Thursday. I know you probably. If you can make it, try try and make it here in the live audience. But uh, for folks listening at home, uh, get on out to LA and, and, and see it. It'll be a free show at seven o'clock. So, uh, well, I just want to thank everybody here, you, the audience, and of course, have a round of applause for my guests. Yeah. Uh,
I'll be emptying my whiskey bottles into gingerbread batter to make the cutest and drunkest gingerbread men you've ever seen. <laughs> Catch him if you can! <laughs> now let's get back to that great music that we all enjoy. Thank you very much. Oh my goodness, a lot of people came together to make this season possible, and my thanks go out to all of them, including the folks behind the season four take on the theme song, originally composed by Steve O'Reilly at Engine Sound. This version is arranged by Lisa Mezzacappa and John Finkbeiner, performed by Lisa Mezzacappa and B.J. Anderson, recorded, mixed, and mastered by John Finkbeiner at New Improved Recording in Oakland, California. Thanks also to the following generous, good-looking, and fun-at-parties friends of the program. Cole Akers, Miranda Banks, Rachel Bears, Stefan Bodeker, Hannah Bowes, The Brain Flutter Foundation, Melissa Broder, Adam Bronstein, Justin Carroll, Tom Carroll, Amy Chang, John Charles, Tanisha Christie, Rachel Turner, Pamela Clapp, Julie Cummings, Amanda Duarte, Emily Elson, Dan Engber, Alex Estrovis, Sidney Erickson Feinstein, Lauren Fitzgerald, Aaron Gabbard, Tanya Glanz, Jay Harlow, Betty Jo Hallett. My goodness, this is a lot of beer. Thank you. This is outstanding. Meredith Hudson, Melissa Yeager-Miller, Steve Lambert, Daniel Lee, Maura Madden, Shauna McGarry, Michelle Meggett, George Noctree, Peter Noctree, Susan Newberry, Aaron Nichols, Steve O'Reilly, Ann Philbin, Elizabeth Eva Rossoff, Gabe Roth, Rebecca Rothbaum, Trinidad Ruiz, Jacqueline Skaggs, Shannon Stratton, Joel Tompkins, Karen Weber, Gabe Weiser, Will K. Wilkins, Brian Yeh, and 10 anonymous friends. Thank you all very much. <laughs>